it's not an option anymore. This is something that you need to embrace and learn how to do the right way. If you don't, you may not have a practice or business in the next five years. Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week's episode is all about how professionals can and should create content and the opportunities it will bring. And I have a wonderful guest on the show to share his experiences, wisdom, and advice. So my guest is Mitch Jackson. Mitch is a California trial lawyer who enjoys combining law, social media, and technology to disrupt, hack, and improve his clients' companies, causes, and professional relationships. Mitch was the Orange County Trial Lawyer of the Year in 2009 and California Litigation Lawyer of the Year in 2013. He's also one of the most well-known active trial lawyers on social media. Now, Mitch has been profiled in best-selling marketing books and dozens and dozens of publications and platforms, including Inc., Mashable, The Wall Street Journal, and Mitch is the author of The Ultimate Guide to Social Media for Business Owners, Professionals, and Entrepreneurs. So I couldn't think of anyone better to have this conversation with. So Mitch, welcome to the show. It's good to be here, Amy. What a kind introduction, and thanks for having me on. Oh, no, thank you so much for coming onto the show. So I want to talk to you about really your successful social strategies and how it's transformed your career, because it really is, you know, really interesting to hear about everything that you've been doing and especially in the position as a trial lawyer and how you've embraced content. Um, I wanted to go back to the start, actually. So I know that you've been, you know, really early adopter of, um, of content and different platforms as you've emerged as well. So what content did you first start to create and, and why did you decide that that would be a good idea, something to, to try? Well, if we're going to be honest and go back to the start, let me take you back to Tucson, Arizona. I grew up on a guest ranch out 17 miles from, from downtown Tucson. And my mom and dad hosted guests from all around the world who would come out and ride horses and, uh, and play cowboy for a week along with their families. And one thing I watched them do over the years is get engaged and be involved with the guest and their lives. They would talk about their hobbies, their interests and passions. When the guests were out at the ranch, they didn't spend time talking about the businesses of the guest. And some of our guests were, were very, very famous people, people like Walt Disney and John Wayne, wow. Morley Safer from 60 Minutes. And there was a lot to talk about when it comes to careers and occupations and professions. But I noticed my mom and dad always steered the conversation back to family, hobbies, and passions. And what I learned, my dad gave me a book by Dale Carnegie, and what I learned is something that Dale Carnegie uh, is well known for saying, and that is you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years trying to get other people interested in you. And that's what I watched my mom and dad do. They, they genuinely from the heart became interested in other people. So fast forward to starting my law practice in 86, fast forward to our first website, in 96, 95, 96, social media and everything we're doing today, what I've 
taken away from those early years in Tucson, Arizona on the ranch is to always try to focus. And it's not always easy because we're busy, but I always do try to focus on becoming interested in other people. And what I've noticed is by doing so, things come back full circle, even when that's not the reason for doing so. So that's been my content creation key over all these years is to try to shine, shine a light on others. And uh, that's when the good things happen. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. And um, I love that quote by Dale Carnegie as well. It's really, I've heard that, you know, I've read some of his books and it um, really is true, isn't it? And, um, you know, we're, we're so lucky that we live in a time with the, you know, the internet and the way that we can reach people so much more than just the people who, you know, kind of in that, what you were saying about coming and visiting at the ranch and things like that. Look at we can do now, like we're talking to each other now in different countries. It's amazing how we can make that go further, isn't it, on a global scale? Isn't it really? I mean, before we went live, uh, we shared, I shared a friend of mine who, who lives down the street from you, more or less. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we met on social media. I think this interview came together through a mutual friend. And it's just amazing to me having started my law firm before the internet as we know it, back in the day where, where lawyers were doing traditional advertising, which I never felt comfortable with doing, to today where you can build genuine relationships around the world. You can expand your brand from local to global using platforms, using social media, using live video, using podcasting like we are right now early in the morning, late at night, or as I was thinking about doing with this show, but decided against it, but next one, we'll do this out at the harbor while I'm on the paddleboard cruising around the island. I think we could have pulled this off, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll tease everyone and we'll do that next time. But I love the fact, Amy, what you're doing as far as creating, showing, showing people, showing companies how to create great content the compliments, who they are, what they do, what's their why, exposing their human side, and then repurposing that content on social media when we're working, when we're busy, when we're doing other things. I think that's the power of social, or at least it's the first step of tapping into the power of social. Yeah, because it's not easy, is it? It can be time consuming. If you're creating content, content marketing strategy for your business, then, you know, you're running a business and there's everything else that you need to do in regards to that. So people, I think, you know, can be quite surprised actually at how time consuming it can be, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to launch a podcast or I'm going to launch a, a live show, but actually knowing what goes into that and then knowing that this it should be repurposed and there's so much more that can come from that. But again, it's time and time and time, isn't it? So um, it's not something that you can just dip your toe in sometimes if you want to go all in on content marketing for your business. But what I would love to know, Mitch, is I've heard the, um, that you, you know, your nickname, the the live streaming lawyer, and you obviously do lots of live streaming. And I know you've got a um, weekly live stream show that you have. Is live streaming one of the forms of content that you um, first started to really get involved in? Um, or rather, I suppose live streaming is not is relatively new in the grand scheme of social. So was it video first before you moved over to live video? As far as platform selection that I prefer, yes. But for me, it started back with our website in 96, where we were doing what's now known as blogging. 
that type right. of written content. I, I realized I could put an article out and have people you know, read it around the world in all the different time zones. But yes, with live video, fast forwarding to about 2011, 2012, there was a platform that rolled out called Spreecast. And it was, an, it was an early live video, if not the first live video platform that had some legs to it. The uh, gentleman that, that co-founded Spreecast was actually the co-founder of StubHub, if you remember StubHub. And uh, he sold StubHub, I think, to eBay after a couple of years, realized there was no live video in social media. And so he created the Spreecast platform. And I was one of the early users of that platform, one of the, probably the first lawyer on that platform. But because of that platform and my involvement on it, Amy, it gave me a chance to be on shows with Katie Kirk, Anderson Cooper, on the Wall Street Journal, Peter Diamandis. And I realized, understanding that I've never been accused of being the brightest bulb in the lamp, <laughs> I realized this live video platform is really allowing me to meet some interesting people I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. And it's allowing me to share answers to legal questions, show my human side as a father, a husband, a neighbor, back then a motocross racer, someone that enjoys hang gliding today, paddle boarding. It's a little less painful when I fall off the board than on the dirt bike. <laughs> and I realized it was a, a, a window. It was an opportunity or a new window into my life that humanized me as a lawyer. And a lot of lawyers have a challenge with reputation, they have a challenge with what people perceive them to be, who they are. It's not necessarily though the platform. Amy, it's not live video, quote unquote. I think it's how you create the content on the platform. Back then, instead of sitting behind my desk and being that typical professional, looking at the webcam, answering questions, talking about you know legal issues, what we were doing uh, was creating live video shows in interviews while we were out and about at the motocross track, down at the courthouse, walking into the front doors of the, of the courthouse, showing the, our audience what it looks like. A lot of people have never been down to the courthouse. I did a, uh, a short deposition through Google, Google Glass. I don't know if you remember Google Glass, but for audience members that may not know what that is, you wear them like sunglasses on your eyes and it allows you uh, to have what's the equivalent of a 27-inch uh, television monitor floating in front of you. And back then, it allowed you to use Google Hangouts to live stream what you were looking at. So I actually was provided with Google Glass by a big tech company to use them in litigation, depositions, and trials. And that was the game plan. And it really did give, I think, the consumer uh, a new perspective that wasn't around back then as to what it's like to sit in a deposition and, and question a witness under oath. Of course, we had full stipulations by all counsel. They were just as curious about Google Glass as, as I was using it. But it had more to do with how we were creating our content, Amy, not necessarily that we were on live video. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. it's a point I'd like to make. Yeah. It's about giving people that insight and the, um, like you said, the human side of things and, and the funny, like the lens into how things are from what's going on in your side of the, of the spectrum of everything that goes on in the legal world. Do you ever hear other lawyers telling you that they feel, um, 
that it is difficult for them to 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 put that human side of them out because perhaps they feel that it's not professional or that it's giving people too much insight. And what would you say to to that level of apprehension? Absolutely. I used to hear it all the time until they started watching what we were doing and the results we were getting and the clients that we were bringing in and the difference we were making uh, in the lives of consumers, giving them access to to our secret sauce, giving them access to answers to a complicated legal system. Here's the thing. I honestly feel that professionals, business owners, CEOs, if you're not embracing social and digital, if you're not giving yourself permission to, to strategically share your human side, what you enjoy doing, what are your hobbies, interests, and passions? And I know that I've brought that up a couple of times right now because that's what connects you on a human level to other people, to your audiences. We're shooting this right now. We're recording this right now during, during COVID-19. I honestly believe this is a huge, not just a shift, but a business pivot for all of us. In other words, how are we communicating using live video? How are we now respecting the limited time and attention, the demands and the needs that the consumers have right now because of COVID-19? How will this change business forever? And I truly believe that digital, social, cloud-based services, communicating our messages, on all of these different platforms, it's not an option anymore. This is something that you need to embrace and learn how to do the right way. If you don't, you may not have a practice or business in the next five years. So I'm at the point now, Amy, where because I've watched the results happen, because I've seen the smiles in my client's eyes after we're done with a case, somebody who I would never have met had they not connected with me on Twitter, had they not followed us in our Facebook groups, had they not been a part of my Legal Minds Mastermind, I would have never had the chance of trying a case for them. And so what I like to tell other lawyers, doctors, CPAs, CEOs, is give yourself permission to surround yourself with experts, whether it's on digital, live video, blogging, whatever you prefer to do. Some people like to be on camera, some people enjoy writing. Whatever your your preference is to get started, surround yourself with experts to help you get started the right way. And by doing that, two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to start making, for example, the practice of law fun again. I'm more excited after 34 years of practicing law and trying cases, and I've tried more cases than most lawyers in California. Uh, I'm more excited today than I've ever been in my life to get up and go to work. And it has to do with combining and blending social and digital into my everyday activities. Most lawyers after three decades don't feel that way. They're burned out. So there's a tremendous upside to what we're doing here. The second thing is if you want to make a difference in the world, if you want to share your message, if you want to connect with other people who share the same principles and values and interests that you do, especially in a world today where humans are looking for community, they're looking for human to human interaction, they're looking for help, they're looking to have their problems fixed. This is where you need to be as a professional. This is what you need to be doing. And this is when you need to step up as a leader and make a difference in the lives of other people. So it's one of these things where once I've watched professionals give themselves permission, Amy, to jump on social and do social the right way, 
all I see are big smiles. All I see are two thumbs up and all I see is success because there's never been a better opportunity to connect, engage, build rapport, build a rapport and, um, help others like, like there is today, especially by creating engaging, meaningful, emotional, unique, unique and memorable content. Mm, absolutely. I'm curious to know, um, when you're talking about uh, legal matters and, and legal content, are there any guidelines or uh, kind of rules or restrictions with regards to what you can say, you know, whether it constitutes legal advice or anything like that? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you asked that. Obviously, you want to comply here in the States with your local state bar rules and ethics regulations. Tell the truth. Uh, there are certain things we can and can't talk about when it comes to client cases, but let's take a step back. What I really enjoy doing, Amy, and what's gotten me on stage the last couple of years with David Merriman Scott at Tony Robbins Business Mastery is using an approach called newsjacking. And what I mean by that, it's been one of the most powerful content creation uh, uh, techniques we've used over the years, is when there's a breaking news story, something that I feel like I can add my own unique perspective too. I'll stop what I'm doing, whether I'm taking a run, whether I'm in court, whether I'm uh, uh, down on the soccer fields with my kids, and I'll hop on Twitter, Periscope, maybe Facebook Live, and I'll share two to three minutes of my opinion, my thoughts on that breaking news story in a certain way. I'm adding value to the story. I'm not criticizing anybody, but I'm adding a unique take. And anybody can do this, regardless of what you do for a living, who you are, or where you're located. And I newsjack that story. What usually happens is by the time I shower, I get into the office, I've got 10 to 20 phone messages from reporters, I've got half a dozen emails messages in my inbox of reporters looking for that next level conversation. You're talking about something that not everyone else is talking about. Um, and I found that to be a very, very powerful way to create content, original content that everyone's searching for, everyone's looking for, everyone's looking for that unique perspective. And then using a lot of the techniques that, that you do, repurposing that content, that original live video, gets broken down into little clips and shared on the other platforms. It gets turned into a blog post and maybe the video aspects embedded in the blog post. And it gets shared out over and over, over the long term. Oftentimes when I'm creating this content, I'm thinking long term. I am talking about a particular story, but I'm wording it in a way where if somebody circles back a year later, that content is still going to be relevant. Oh yeah, and I, anyone who is you know listening right now and thinking it's probably it's many people probably thinking, wow, I could do that. So whichever industry they're in, um, there's there's just an opportunity, like you said, to jump on the stories that we see every day. And it's really interesting you talking about this because it sounds when you talk about it like it's something that comes really natural to you and that you you know you're seeing 
content opportunities all the time. Like you said, you're on a run and you stop and record something because there's a content opportunity right there. Now, a lot of people that I talk to, especially who are considering getting into creating content, and maybe it's the early stages of a content journey, um, they'll be worried about not having enough to say, you know, so I don't know what I would talk about. I'm not on certain platforms because I honestly don't think I'd have enough content to create. And I can sit down with them and probably in, you know, an hour, we can probably come up with a hundred different ideas of different posts and things like that, just by talking to them about what they do and how they help people and what's going on in their industry. Is it something that's come natural to you that, that viewing, you know, viewing content opportunities all over the place, or is it something that you just feel has come over time as you've started to embrace content and platforms? It's a mindset. It's it's yeah. a mindset that once you once the light bulb goes on, once that that switch is flipped, it's easy. Almost everything that happens every single day can be is something that can be newsjacked. I've got so many things that 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 run by me each and every day that I would like to newsjack that I I don't even spend time on ninety percent of it. And what I would what I would encourage new users of social, new, you know, people coming onto social for the first time is, for example, I know you and I talked about uh, paddle boarding. I heard you mention bicycle riding. Let's say you're a lawyer who enjoys paddle boarding, surfing, um, dancing, painting, bicycle riding, whatever it might be. I would encourage you to get involved with different groups online that share the same hobbies share the same interest and passions and start listening to what's going on. Read the threads, uh, share your comments. Don't even mention that you're a lawyer. Just show that you're passionate about this activity. That's probably a good first start because you're now in a community where you're sharing a common interest. You're talking about things that, that, that are of interest to you. Once you do that, especially if you're a lawyer or a doctor or a CPA, you may find out eventually when somebody posts a legal question in that group and you respond appropriately, you may be the only lawyer, doctor, or accountant in that group. And people are going to listen to the comment and the engagement that you share in that group. Along those same lines, when something happens in those industries, let's say in the stand-up paddleboard industry, a new technology comes out. It's a lighter board. It's a better paddle. It's a, it's a new stroking technique on your paddleboard. You can actually newsjack that breaking news as it applies to your hobby and share that in the group, share that on your other social media platforms, repurpose it out, and people will start connecting with you on another level that they never expected to connect with you at because they had no idea that you were that lawyer who enjoys paddleboarding, who enjoys following the latest breaking technology uh, with respect to paddleboards, paddle techniques, and everything else in between. So by doing that, what what you're doing is setting yourself up for connections. And Amy, I think once you do all that, where a lot of people drop the ball, is the engagement aspect of everything we're talking about. Once you do what we're talking about, for me, the key is engagement. It's participating in the comments. It's, it's, it's sharing out other people's responses, maybe to a post that I've shared about 
any of these topics. It's using tags and people's names in my social media engagement to shine a light on other people, to let them know they're, they're being heard and appreciating the fact that they've taken the time to retweet a tweet or comment on a Facebook post or uh, say something over on LinkedIn. I think engagement's where a lot of people drop the ball. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I was just thinking exactly the same. It's such an issue, isn't it, that um, people forget that they should engage in. I guess they forget the social side. It sounds cliche, the social side of social media, so but true. forget that. So <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, it's in, and you know, with some often we work with uh, people, and they might say that something like Twitter hasn't really been working for them. But then, when you dig into what they've been doing on Twitter, they've just been broadcasting, just broadcasting occasional tweets, but not ever really actually engaging with people and retweeting and sharing, and and, and it just certain platforms in particular don't work at all really if you don't um, engage and Twitter certainly one of them isn't it and I notice you're you're very active on Twitter aren't you uh, absolutely yeah. it's been one of my favorite platforms I've I've made more connections on Twitter uh, just because of the way the platform's set up you can actually connect with almost anyone in the world if you go about it the right way whether it's a public tweet using you know tagging them or rolling over to somebody's DM, it's just amazing. You know, it's interesting. I, I look at social media a lot like snow skiing. And I don't know, are you a snow skier, Amy? I'm a, I'm a skier. Yeah, I like a to skier. ski. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what, what, what I tell everybody is, look, snow skiing here in Southern California, anybody can, you know, get in the car, drive over to the ski shop, buy skis, bindings, boots, something to wear drive up to Mammoth Mountain, which is about five hours north, and go up to Cornus and try to get down the hill. And that's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great ski run. But unless you know what you're doing, unless you've had some lessons, unless you've got the right equipment, the experience is going to be terrible, if you even survive that experience. I mean, it's, it's a pretty gnarly run. With social media, just because these platforms are free and just because you can jump on without a lot of thought and create content and try to engage with people, you're going to have the same end result as being at the top of Cornice without any lessons with the wrong ski equipment. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have the same result on social media unless you understand the fundamentals and the basics and the personality of each platform. That's why in my book, what I talked about three things, just real quick, because it's super important. On social media, in my opinion, you have to have the right mindset, the mindset of being a go-giver. Bob Berg, who wrote the Go-Giver series, uh, was one of the first contributing experts in my book. And the reason we started off with Bob is that it's critically important you have the approach on social where you want to give, 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 and then give some more. Don't sell yourself. Don't, don't ask other people for anything. Just be a go-giver. That's the, that's the basic mindset of social media. Number two, you want to understand the personalities of each platform. Twitter's different than LinkedIn. LinkedIn's different than Instagram. TikTok, which I'm loving, is different <laughs> than all the above. And so understand the person, personality of the platforms so that when you post, when you engage, when you reply, it's, it's congruent with what's acceptable on that particular platform. Number three, the third part about social media, my favorite, is communication. What we do as trial lawyers in the courtroom, all the communication skills that we, we've tried to hone over the years, all of that works on social media. 
And I reached out to some of the top communication experts on the planet. One that comes to mind is Carmine Gallo, who wrote the book, Talk Like Ted. Carmine interviewed 200 top TED speakers to find out what makes them the best. Carmine then shared a chapter in my book on how to use the Talk Like Ted approach on social media. You know, and we're talking about creating content that's emotional, appropriately emotional, that's unique, that's memorable, and there's a right and wrong way to do all that. So what I would encourage everyone to do is listen, go to the platforms and listen and watch what's happening. Take ski lessons, right? Read books, get experts on your on your side, experts like like what like you, Amy, and, and the services that you provide, and make sure that you're going about social the right way. Because just like in the real world, it's really hard sometimes. Uh, uh, you know, you never have a, a second chance to make a good first impression. That that's what I was thinking. And on social media, I don't think initial mistakes are you know, are going to take you out of the game. But I do think that making a good initial first impression uh, is important. And as long as you're speaking from the heart, as long as you're being real, as long as you believe in what you're posting, you can do no wrong. I mean, that's the other thing. So many people, Amy, are paralyzed. You know, it's the uh, uh, paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. They're worried about what other people are going to think. And if you follow me on social media, everybody, you know exactly where I stand on all the important social issues, on politics, on the law, on everything else in between, including my hobbies. And that's me. That's who you get. And for every person that either unfollows me or uh, maybe even blocks me, which hopefully that doesn't happen too often, I'll pick up a hundred people who are like two thumbs up. Way to go, Mitch. I agree with you. Let's fix this world. And um, so once I gave myself permission, Amy, to just be myself, uh, share my truth and, and do everything that I can, everything else came together on social media. It's not easy. Don't get no. me wrong, everybody. It's not easy to do that. But once you do, that's when the magic happens. Hey, just a little break from this podcast episode to ask you a question. Would you like one single place that you can go to that provides you with everything you need to be able to implement the best practices in content repurposing for your video content, your podcast episodes, and your social media content today? To help you get more value from the content that you create, get more time back and help you reach more people than you ever thought possible. If so, then you are going to love the Content 10X Toolkit. The toolkit is full of video tutorials, templates, checklists, swipe files, step-by-step -step guides and more that shows you how to repurpose your content in the best ways possible today. No more Googling, no more figuring it out yourself. We provide you with everything that you need to become a content repurposing pro. If this sounds like something that would interest you, then go check out the Content 10X Toolkit at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. Okay, I'm back to this week's episode. And, and, and from what you said, you know, you said that you, you've never been so happy in your career and what you're currently doing. And I think when, when you, exactly what you said, when you're putting yourself out there and it's the true you and everybody starts to understand 
who you are and really warms to you. I guess that means that you end up just working with exactly the people that you want to work with, don't you? Because, you know, there's no coincidences that you, you're so happy because you're doing the work you want to do with the people you want to work with and the, the vibe and the message and the person you're putting out there. It just brings all the the right people to you and repels the the right people that it should repel as well, doesn't it? I'm so glad you, you're you emphasizing that fact. Absolutely. I think social gives you the chance to do what you enjoy doing and to be around people you enjoy being around. My, my wife is my partner. We met in law school 32 years ago. We've been married for 32 years and well, 36 years ago, we've been married for 32 years. And um, one of the things we've always done, Amy, before the internet, before social media is we only represent people who we care about, who we like, who we believe in. We say no to 19 out of every 20 cases. Um, and we've tracked this, that approach our law firm for legal services. No is one of the most powerful words in the world. It, it'll allow you to keep your sanity. It'll allow you to have the, the time and the opportunity to say yes for the right reasons. And I think social media is very similar. There's no reason why you need to be hanging out around negative people. Uh, instead, look internally, think about what can I share? What value can I add to this conversation? How can I put a positive spin uh, to what's going on? Uh, our mutual friend, Jay Bear, you know, hug your haters. This is a book mm. that I've given to many, many lawyers uh, who have decided to branch out on social media, my gift, because there's a certain way to appreciate the dance floor that we're all walking onto. And I want everyone to walk onto this dance floor and have fun, enjoy themselves, uh, embrace their own unique dance qualities. And for those of you out there that, that maybe don't feel like you're the best dancer in the world, guess what? That's what makes you special. I mean, that's exactly why you need to be out on the dance floor, because you're bringing something to the table that nobody else can do. And you'll make people smile and you'll make people think. And you'll also end up having people refer business to you because they know, like, and trust you on social media. But unless you show your human side, unless you strategically allow that transparency to come through, social isn't going to work for you. It's not hard. It's not difficult. I think uh, a lot of uh, business owners out there, super smart people, once they figure this out, I see their social media profiles just explode and that in a good way. And that's great. They, they finally figured out. We had somebody in my, one of my masterminds, Amy, who had never done a live video before. And she put a challenge out to all the members in the group. I think she was in the group for about a month. She's like, I have a challenge. Let's all do a live video once a day for the next month. Who's in? And of course, everybody's raising their hand. Let's all do this. Now, I've been doing live videos every day for 10 years, right? <laughs> Almost 10 years. But, but it's my group. So I'm like trying to show everybody how to do this. And I'm not exaggerating. By day three, her and she's a lawyer. She's a trial lawyer. By day three, her videos were better. Just using her iPhone down at the beach with her family, talking about water safety. Her videos were better than most of the experts who you and I both know, who have been doing video and live video forever. She was so comfortable in front of the camera. She was so good at how she shared her human side. I'm not talking about her grammar 
her sentence structure. It had more to do with the presentation. What was in the frame? What was the topic? How was she storytelling during these three-minute videos? And telling a good story, everyone, is super important on social media, learning how to tell a good story. But let me, let me fill everybody in on something. Telling a good story is just the start. Okay, that's entertaining someone. What you have to learn how to do, and we do this in the courtroom, but on social media, learn how to tell a good story. At the same time, learn how to empower your audience to take that next desired action. When we're trying cases, we can entertain a jury through our evidence, through our witnesses for two weeks in the courtroom. But unless I've empowered that jury to do the right thing once they leave into the jury deliberation room where we can never talk to them again, unless I've empowered that jury for person, the person who's in charge of that jury, they select somebody to be the boss back there in the jury deliberation room, unless I've given that person permission to persuade the other 11 jurors as to what they should do, all I've done for two weeks is entertain. I have not closed the deal for my client. Social media is the same way. If you learn how to tell a good story, at the same time, learn how to empower your audience to take action. Oh my goodness. I, you know, and it's something that we're still learning on a daily basis, right? You're not born being great communicators, but we do have the ability to learn, to listen, to watch. And from all of those things, Take these communication tips, these communication approaches, and make them yours, and then apply them on social. I, you know, I don't know how much time we have, but if you like, in about forty-five seconds, I can share my five steps to persuasion with your audience. Oh yeah, please, yeah, that would be fantastic. Okay, okay. So I've used these five steps, you guys, uh, to to negotiate multi-million-dollar settlements, to win multi-million-dollar verdicts for my clients and to create content on social media that's brought in multi-million dollar cases to my law firm. And uh, the way it works, it's a five-step process. Most people jump from step one to step five. That's the mistake most people make. You have to have patience, and this is the way it works. The first thing you need to do is you need to state the problem. You need to be clear and concise And what's the problem here? What's the issue? What do we, what's the thing we're trying to fix? You can state the problem in a short story like we were talking about. You can state the problem in a way where it's unique, it's memorable, it's entertaining, depending on the subject matter. It has to be appropriately entertaining, but you state the problem. Number two, agitate the problem. Why is this problem going to interfere, harm, or, or hurt your audience? whether it's an audience of one, whether it's 12 people on my jury, whether it's a live video audience of a thousand, if they don't take a certain action, how is this problem going to get worse for them? Number three, state a clear and concise solution. Now, when I say state a solution, I'm not saying this is what you need to do. Tell another story. And in that story, short story, incorporate the solution to the problem that you stated in step number one, that you agitated in step number two, in step number three, state the, the solution. Number four, show how that solution helps your audience, not the general public, not somebody on the other side of the pond. How can it help your audience, the person sitting across your desk, the person sitting in the front row when you're keynoting an event? And number five, state a good next step, okay? State exactly what they need to do next. Some people call it a call to action. On social media, 
I like to look at it as an invitation to stay connected. Hey, if you guys found value in this live video, jump on over to streaming.lawyer. I share content like this each and every week. Sometimes I'm out on a run with my GoPro. Sometimes I'm down at the harbor on my paddleboard, but I'm always here for you. Let's stay connected there. That would be my call to action. Those five steps, whether you're in the boardroom, the courtroom, or on social media, I think are, are the key to connecting and building relationships on social media. And they're certainly, they certainly have been the key to, to, to the lawyers and team members in my firm to bringing in new business, not only from California, but from around the world. So hopefully your, your audience uh, uh, listeners will get some value and put those five steps to work. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really valuable. I will be putting all of those steps to work as well. Um, I'll make sure that we write a very good, um, clear uh, blog post on this to um, reaffirm everything that you said there, because that's just, you know, fantastic tips. And as you said, whether it's the courtroom, the boardroom, social media, those principles um, will work. So um, thanks, Mitch. That's, that's really, really useful. Um, It's, it's, Interesting because I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking, well, he's a, a trial lawyer, a top trial lawyer, but such an expert in all of this in terms of, um, you know, the, what you're saying about all the social media and the different platforms and how you've used it and how it's, you know, changed your life and grown your career. Um, how have you found LinkedIn? I just wondered what, what do you do over there and, how, and has that been a very beneficial platform for you? LinkedIn's great. I have found that to stand out not only on LinkedIn, but on the other platforms is uh, the secret is to share a different type of content. Yeah. People look at LinkedIn as, you know, a business platform and that's where you should be sharing your business content. Well, I'll tell you what, I share personal stuff over on LinkedIn and that's oftentimes the content that gets the most engagement, the, the, the most private messages. And I want people to, to see that uh, what I'm sharing over on LinkedIn is a human being who enjoys what he's doing, who's trying to make a difference in the world, who puts health both physically and mentally first, family, marriage, the kids, second, and my career, third. And the reason I have that order is because of something my father-in-law shared with me. And they've been married for 65 years. They live just up the street. He was a milkman back in the day, uh, loading milk carts on the back of a milk truck. And when I met him 20 years later, he owned his own dairy distributorship, sold it, and retired at 52. Three beautiful daughters, one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. And when I asked him permission to marry his daughter, uh, Mike, the milkman pulled over side of the road. We're pulling a ski boat in the middle of nowhere to do a family ski trip and said, well, two things. Number one, please ask Joycey. That's my mother-in-law for her permission. So that showed me that he had ultimate respect, uh, you know, for his wife and, and her opinion on me. <laughs> and uh, fortunately we got along just fine. So I wasn't too worried about that. But number two, he goes, Mitch, you know, do you know the three keys to success? And I said, I'm about ready to hear them, aren't I? And he goes, absolutely. <laughs> Mike the Milkman's three keys to success. And number one, that's what he said. Take care of yourself, Mitch. If you're not healthy, it's really hard for you to be any good to my daughter, to your family, or whatever it is you decide to do for a living. So, so do your best yeah. to try to put health first. Number two, take care of my daughter, take care of the kids that you have someday, take care of your neighbors and friends, because that's what it's all about. And number three, 
and only after one and two, take care of your occupation and your profession. You want to be a lawyer, that's great, but just make sure you do one and two first. It's not always easy keeping everything in order. Uh, and I, we get that, and Lisa gets that. But um, I think it's critically important. And when you sh- make sure on LinkedIn that you're <clears throat> sharing content and commenting on content with those three elements in mind, I think it helps you stand out. You know, people jumping on social media right now, do you want to blend in? Do you want to share the same content that everyone else is sharing? Or do you want to stand out? And when I say stand out, I'm not talking about ego. What I'm talking about, if you have a product or service that you're, that, that's, that's helping other people, that's providing a value to the community, why not make sure that the right spotlights aren't on that, on that product or service because you're helping. Why not do everything you can to get the message out there that this product and service can change somebody's life? Why not get and build a community who's willing to do the same thing? And I think by sharing unique content in a way that's different than what everyone else is doing, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's the way to do it. And uh, so I like LinkedIn. I just enjoy sharing kind of a different type of content on LinkedIn. Now you might scold me for that. It might not be what you would recommend that I do. And I'm certainly not an expert on what should be on LinkedIn. But on the other side of the coin, when I look at very well-known business uh, owners, uh, some might even be celebrities. And I look at what they're sharing on LinkedIn, whether they own a tech company, whether they own an airline, whether they um, are a leading scientist coming up with creative ideas on mining meteorites and sending people to Mars. I look at their content on LinkedIn and they're, they're sharing some really cool, interesting stuff. They're not sharing boring business stuff. And so I think that's, for me, a good model to follow if you want to stand out and be top of mind when someone's looking for a lawyer or a doctor or a social media agency. Oh, I, com- I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, my whole like, philosophy and approach to what you sort of should post on the platforms, it's exactly what you said, Mitch, in terms of, you know, you have to treat every platform differently. Um, is There's no kind of one size fits all uh, content approach that you just post the same thing. You have to know what people I can respond to on Twitter. You have to know what people want and respond to on, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn. And so you have to do that, but you have to do it in your own unique way. Looking in people's feeds, if it can be something different and refreshing, like like you said, you down um, at the paddleboard, you know, sharing your opinion on some breaking news, but it looks very different. It's different atmosphere. It's a different kind of video. It's very um different to what a lot of the bigger businesses are putting out as well, never mind kind of the smaller businesses. So it just, staying true to you, staying true to your message and what you want to put out there, but it's definitely thinking of ways to um, to stand out, isn't it? But on each platform and it's, every platform it, is very, very different. So I'll never forget that story, Amy. I mean, now, <laughs> I mean, that's how powerful, seriously, that's mm-hmm. how powerful doing what you just shared is, is, mm-hmm. I will um, always remember you telling me the story about jumping on a sand dune and cross-promoting the TikTok video to LinkedIn and maybe some other platforms. That's what stands out in my mind. And you gave yourself permission as a professional to do that. And I absolutely love that. You know, I'm a big fan of what 
I've coined, and I don't know if anyone else has said this, but it's something I'm kind of writing about and I'm thinking about doing a, a book about this, but the art of strategic spontaneity. And what I mean by that is um, when we're trying cases, one of, the, one of the ways that I've found to be persuasive and effective in the courtroom is to trust my gut and understand that I've tried a lot of cases and I got a pretty good feel for human nature and what a witness is going to say next. So instead of scripting everything out, um, what I'll do in my opening statement is I'll leave my laptop and legal pad on, on counsel table and I'll walk over and speak from the heart. Frankly, if I don't know the case at, by that point, I have no business being in court trying a case for a client. And I'll walk back and forth in front of the jury. I'll make eye contact and I'll just speak from the heart and let them know exactly what the evidence is going to show. And I use storytelling to do that. Same thing when I'm cross-examining witnesses. I don't usually use notes. I'm there in real time, relying upon my years of experience, just understanding human nature, watching what's going on, watching the expression on someone's face, watching their body language uh, when responding. I'd love to see more professionals do that across all the platforms. In other words, trust your life experiences, trust how you feel about commenting on someone else's post, be, you know, tough on issues, but kind to people, share interesting content, and then repurpose it across the other appropriate platforms. And even though it may appear to others that you're being spontaneous, you're being, oh, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe not as professional as they would have expected you to be. The reality is that's the content that I think connects us as human beings around the world, especially when we're using social and digital. And I'd like to see more content like that. It is, isn't it? And I think it's have the confidence in yourself that people are interested in, in you as a person. And um, you do, you know, and you do have an interesting life. Like I think some people just think that, uh, things aren't that interesting, you know, and then if you actually spoke to someone about what they've done in that week, you'd probably pick out loads of things that like, well, that, oh you know, God. people would love to hear about that and see that. And especially cause it's global, you know, I can post going to a, you know, a stately home in, in the UK and my US um, audience will always like, comment on things like that because there aren't yes, that many you know, old stately homes but then I'll be commenting on the California sunshine or the Grand Canyon or whatever you know what I mean it's like you know this we forget how interesting or we undervalue I think sometimes how interesting our lives can be to other people even the smallest of things is interesting to other people and, and have the confidence to know that isn't it so true. So true. I would love to see more pictures uh, from your side of the pond. That's all. That's why we mm. travel over there, right? Exactly. And you see it every <laughs> single day. Uh, quick story. We, you know, I've got a mastermind. Uh, it's a global mastermind. We help other lawyers uh, and professionals learn how to do social media and show their human side and things, things like what we're talking about. And uh, we have live videos each week. And on one of my live videos, I've got, you know, a full screen of people on Zoom and a friend of mine pops in, apologizes for being late, and joins a conversation. She's not a lawyer, but she's part of the group. 
And somebody in my group's talking about um, who also joined late. I'm sorry, you guys. I just got a, a guilty verdict on a murder case. My client was found guilty. I just got back from the courthouse. Sorry, I'm 15 minutes late. What are we talking about today? You know, when it comes to social media marketing. And she just keeps talking like no big deal. Right. And I'm watching my friend who's not a lawyer. I'm watching her eyes just like get bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. Like, wait a minute, you guys, wait a minute, back up. What just happened in your life? Oh, I was just defending a two week long murder trial and he was found guilty. And, you know, so I'm starting a new trial tomorrow. But, and it's like what the lawyer took for granted as happening every single day. This audience member was like, oh my God, that's all I want to talk about for the next hour. Tell me about your trial. So you're right, Amy, things that we take for granted, other people find interesting. And yeah. we need to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, exactly. And and it happens in, let's say, real life, non-social media life, but situations like that all the time. And it, and it happens just across the dinner table with friends, doesn't it? When you go out for a meal on a Saturday with your friends and what has your week been like? Same kind of thing. I've got a friend who's a medical negligence solicitor and she always says she's had a boring week and then I'll ask her who she's been representing. And I'm just glued to every word she says for the next hour about this, like this doctor that's, you know, been negligent or this or that. And she's like thinking it's boring and I just can't stop asking her questions and so and then she's the same with me you know she thinks it's cool that I run my own business and um, we work with people and on social media and things whereas I'm just saying oh you know same old week same old week so um, I think if you know if you see yep. that happen across the dinner table and things like that you know it's going to happen on social media as well you know just just share your stories yeah share your experiences try to add value it's fun when you can share a story and add value at the same time one of your life experiences might be a learning experience mm. don't, you know don't let this happen to you this is what i did <laughs> wrong in saying yes to a client right and um yeah it's just a matter of kind of letting your guard down showing your human side and uh, understanding as George Bernard Shaw, and I have this quote uh, mm -hmm. next to my monitor because it's the truth, especially on social media. George Bernard Shaw once said, the single biggest problem to communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And so what I want people to know is when you talk about something, when you're trying to communicate, oftentimes you need to repeat what you're saying in different ways, on different platforms, understand that what someone's paying attention to might not actually be what you think you're saying <laughs> and uh, give yourself a break. And when you do talk about things other than your profession, when you talk about your hobbies, your interests, your passions, your why, um, it's easy for other people to connect. It's easy for other people to, um, to become interested in what it is you have to say and switching that around when you ask other people open-ended questions. When you ask other people, tell me more about what you just shared. I want to know more about you, Amy. I want to know about how you closed that deal. Why did you repurpose the content the way you did? You know, ask that open-ended question and then stop talking and start listening. And I think that's a great way for people to connect, to build relationships, to build friendships, and also to do business. Mm -hmm. 
Mitch, I usually uh, say at the end of uh, podcast interviews, right, let's let's close with one final parting wisdom. But I don't think you could have topped that, really. I think you've answered the question before I've even asked you because that was um, that was really good. Yeah, I, I really um, agree with everything that you just said. And it's just such great advice for everybody listening. Very inspiring as well. So thank you, Mitch. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Reach out if you ever have any questions or if you want to stay connected. What's the best place, Mitch? Where, well, if there's one place we, we send people to, where should we send people to? I would suggest Dana Point Harbor. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Come down and paddleboard with you. No, the, probably okay. the best place. Yeah, that's an interesting answer, right? Yeah. No, I would love to have everybody join me for paddleboard. Right now, I would suggest <laughs> probably the best place is streaming.lawyer. It's a blog I have that's set up where we share a lot of things that Amy and I have just talked about, uh, social media, video and live video. It's not my law firm website, but if you jump over to streaming.lawyer, you can connect with me there and on all the other social media links that are prominently displayed there. And it would be my pleasure to get to know each and every one of you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And of course, we will put the links to everything in the show notes and the blog post so um, so everybody can connect with you. So um, thanks so much, Mitch. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Um, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Amy. The pleasure was all mine. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe if you haven't already and even leave a review. That would be really appreciated as well. Now to let you know, my new book, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results is now available to purchase. You can get that over on Amazon or if you head to content10x.com forward slash book. I'm getting loads of really great reviews coming in from the book already. So thanks so much to those of you who have already purchased it and left reviews. It really is the ultimate guide to content repurposing and you can discover all sorts of tips and tricks for how to repurpose pretty much any type of content in the book. If you're interested in our fully end-to-end content repurposing service, then head on over to content10x.com as well, where you can find out lots about that. And also give me a follow over on social media. I'm at content10x on all of the social media platforms. So again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.